Welcome back to another episode of Peaceful Home Birth. Are you having a hard time hearing all of the news about COVID and the vaccine and discerning what is truth from fiction? Well, 2020 has come and gone, but there is still the lingering effect on us all. We're still seeing commercials pushing the vaccine, and if you're pregnant, you're hearing how important getting all of the vaccines are to protect you and your baby. Well, with all the information and opinions out there, how can you really know who to believe? A few questions to ask yourself before listening to this episode is what do people have to gain from sharing this with me? What can they lose? If this is true, then what could the consequences be in my life and vice versa? What if it's false? Well, today I bring on the well-researched and esteemed Dr. Jim Thorpe. He is the chief of maternal and prenatal health at the wellness company. He's an obstetrician, gynecologist, and maternal fetal medicine specialist. He received his medical degree from Wayne State University School of Medicine and has been in practice for more than 40 years. Today, he answers some questions about the information about the vaccine and safety specifically in pregnant women and women of childbearing age. He breaks down what exactly the difference is in the COVID vaccine versus others on the schedule and the side effects that many have had after getting the shot. We discuss the lack of integrity in the medical system, the fraud, the bribery that has been documented to influence hospital systems and where to find information you're not going to hear on the mainstream media. This is an important discussion that you'll want to listen to all the way to the end. And again, there is hope. (laughs) There are people that are standing up and wanting a different way. The medical industrial complex cannot stand in their corruption forever. Dr. Thorpe discusses the parallel healthcare system that's being established and one that actually cares about the holistic healing and not just pill pushing. So if you want to learn more while you're listening to this episode, go over to twc.health and look through all of your options there. You can use my code PHB for 10% off of the wellness supplements there. Check it out now and let's hop into the show. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home birth, you found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth. And now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless C-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose. And I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ, and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. 
This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. Hi, Dr. Thorpe. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you about the subject today. And before we hop in, would you explain and introduce yourself to my audience, who you are, what you do, and how you got to be where you are today? Sure. Well, thank you very much, Ali, for having me on your incredible platform. And um, I very much appreciate it. So my name is uh, Dr. James A. Thorpe, a.k.a. Jim Thorpe, and I am a board certified obstetrician gynecologist, and I am also a board certified in subspecialty of high-risk obstetrics, also known as maternal fetal medicine subspecialty. I've been in practice for over 44 years. Um, I've extensively published. Uh, I've seen massive numbers of patients my whole career. Just in the last four and a half years of practice, I have seen probably uh, 7,500 high-risk patients. So, you know, I was not an anti-vaxxer, am not an anti-vaxxer. I am a former military officer in the Air Force, and uh, and I vaccinated all my children. And, you know, um, I'm sorry to say that, that I actually pushed uh, the two vaccines in pregnancy up until 10 or 15 years ago when I finally uh, purposed to really look at the data. And what I found was that there was absolutely no randomized, double-blinded, placebo-controlled trials for any of the two vaccines in pregnancy. And now there's four, by the way. Um, and, and there's no uh, true science behind any of them. They were all just shooting from their hips. So um, Obviously, even the influenza and the Tdap vaccines are associated with death and injury, much lower rate than the COVID vaccines. So I did my due diligence and I um, really began looking at the critical flaws in our healthcare system, and they are bountiful and they are serious. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. I, I knew that in early 2020, that there was something very sinister and very wrong because um, I was being attacked for prescribing hydroxychloroquine um, when I knew it was safe and effective because we've used it in pregnancy for 40 years. Hydroxychloroquine is an incredibly safe and effective drug and proven safe and effective with SARS-CoV-1. So, um, you know, we used it in pregnant women gosh, for 40 years or longer, because um, 
pregnant women or women of reproductive age, I should say, they um, have a very high incidence of autoimmune disease, interestingly, probably a vaccine complication as well. So when you compare that to the age-matched male counterparts, um, the uh, women of reproductive age had anywhere from three to tenfold the prevalence of uh, autoimmune disease um, compared to men. So there were uh, not just obstetricians, but obstetricians, maternal fetal medicine doctors in pregnancy, but also before they got pregnant, OBGYN docs, rheumatologists, internal medicine, family practice docs, everybody put them on hydroxychloroquine. Uh, the generic name was Plaquenil. Many people didn't get that link because it, it's always Plaquenil, but it, it's the same substance. So, so we have a, an abundant massive amount of safety and efficacy data. Um, and then when they came out and tried to um, falsely uh, satanize it, um, falsely impugn the integrity, the safety and the efficacy, I knew there was a problem. And then they came out in May 2020 with a completely fraudulent, made up, uh, horrific article published in The Lancet, allegedly um, enrolling 95,000 patients globally in just you know, four and a half, four months of COVID patients, that's an impossibility. So we called that out. Sure enough, the military medical industrial complex and Lancet Journal and the deep state had completely through a company called Surgisphere fraudulent uh, made up that data and they had to retract it, but the damage was already done. So that's really how my eyes were open to the fraud uh, the horrible fraud in our government, in the FDA, the CDC, the HHS, um, unfortunately, the military as well. And then all of the, every single thread of the fabric of our society now has been uh, bribed with part of the $5.2 trillion of your taxpayers' monies. And those most of those agreements are with a quid pro quo cooperative care agreement that did not allow the recipients to deviate from the lethal narrative of HHS and CDC. That's how it went down. Wow. That, I mean, I think it's so hard for a lot of people to believe that groups of people that we grow up believing are for our benefit and helping us could be playing a part in fraudulent activities that can actually be harming us. So I know for a lot of listeners out there, they're like, but how can this be true? And I think one one thing that has helped me kind of start wrapping my head around all of this is just asking the question, like, why were you who just asked questions demonized for just asking questions? And so could you talk a little bit about that process of starting to ask questions who was it that got upset with you kind of pushing back on this narrative that this was the only way for health? Well, um, that's a great question, Allie. And, and this goes back to, you know, there's a horrendous cognitive dissonance here, you know, among your viewers, among the whole world, um, because it, it you can't all of a sudden say, you know, the government and the healthcare are criminal organizations, which they are, and, and I can prove it. They're criminal organizations. Um, 
they are pushing the deadliest medicine ever rolled out in the history of medicine, not according to Jim Thorpe, according to Pfizer's own 90-day post-market analytic data. It was the deadliest drug, vaccine, gene therapy, call it whatever you want, ever rolled out in the history of medicine. And just take your you know, your viewers, your audience back with me for a ride back in the history of time since I'm such an old geezer. Um, so, you know, what what we have now is that there's uh, very convincing data that the vaccine in of itself has killed 17 million people globally. And that's Dr. Denis Rancourt's data. And, you know, I've just recently published uh, just from that uh Pfizer document. We call it Pfizer 5.3.6. Um, and you can, your viewers can go to it. Your audience can go to it right now as we're talking. And, you know, you just plug in, you know, DuckDuckGo, put in Pfizer 5.3.6, P-H-M-P-T, and go to page seven. And on page seven, you'll see that there's a 42,086 um, adverse events. And of those 42,086, 1,223 people died after the vaccine. And the vast majority died within a week of the vaccination. And so think about that um, carefully because it's very, very serious. Um, when, when, I, when you do the numbers and you divide the number injured divided by the number killed, um, that's an unprecedented what we call injury to death ratio. You know, and and for example, like thalidomide had an injury to death ratio of 1.5. Um, COVID, COVID illness and other illnesses might have a injury to death ratio somewhere in the range of three. All the recent military wars in recent history have an injury to kill ratio of anywhere from 1.5 to 8.5. By Pfizer's own data the injury to kill ratio is 33.4, 33.4. Uh, it's astronomical. This is a bioweapon. It was premeditated. It was planned. The entire pandemic was planned. And I would never have said that two years ago. I never did. I just focused on the obstetrical data. But, you know, if you take Dr. Denis Rancourt's data, 17 million killed, multiply that times 33.4, and you get about... 535 million globally injured, 535 or so million globally injured. And, you know, many of those injuries are very, very serious. I'm talking about devastating injuries, neurologic injuries, blood clot injuries, where young, beautiful people um, your age are completely destroyed and they can't, um, they can't function by themselves. They some of them can't walk, some of them can't go to the bathroom, some of them need full time. You know, think of it. I mean, I think of of Cody, um, the 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 vaccine injured gentleman, twenty years old. You know, incredibly beautiful young human being with his whole life in front of him. He can't function. He's de he's completely destroyed. He can't function. He needs full time care. And and a lot of the injuries are like that. You've seen them. So it, it's just it's it's just horrific. And when you translate those global numbers to the United States of America, 
um, Ellie, you're looking at almost 700,000 Americans killed from the vaccine. Multiply that times 34, 33.4. And, you know, you're, you're looking at 23 million injured. Uh, and then add the kill to that. You're looking in the United States of America, citizens, taxpaying citizens, almost 24 million killed and injured. Um, it's devastating. It's devastating. Yeah, that is, it's, those are sobering numbers. I, as you're speaking, my, I, I'm feeling that on a deep level of how, how sobering and how important it is to be talking about this because these are people's lives that we are talking about and people's futures and not just the futures of the people that are listening, but their children and their children's children. So can you speak to a little bit of that um, on a fertility basis and reproductive basis? What is this vaccine doing to women who are of childbearing age? A great question, Ellie. Um, the pathophysiology of the vaccine is multifaceted. It's multifactorial. Uh, the kill and injury points are multiple. And that's part of the problem with a bioweapon that uh, can destroy every cell or every organ in the human body is the deaths are not one specific pathophysiologic mechanism. There's There, there might be dozens, if not 50 or 100. Um, and, and the main, I, I can categorize it, the, the main complications that we've seen in the medical literature, and, and I published on this, the, the most common, when we look at our article that we published in March of 2022, at that time, just 15 months after rollout, there were, there were uh, 1,366 peer-reviewed medical journal publications documenting severe injuries and death from the vaccine. Think about 1,366 in just 15 months. Um, and, and so that, and now there's over 3,000. And so that, that pales in comparison. If you add up all of the other vaccines for the last century and look at the peer reviewed medical journal publications, they still, they don't come anywhere near just 15 months of the vaccine complications from the COVID-19 genetic shot. So the most common topic or subject of um, reported in those adverse events was actually cardiac problems, myocarditis, pericarditis. The second most common was a complication called vaccine-induced um, vaccine induced, um, uh, thrombocytopenia and, and then bleeding and then blood clot and then autoimmune disease. What causes this in the vaccine? Well, there's about, um, there may be uh, a close to, uh, um, there, there may be billions to trillion nanoparticles in, in each shot. They don't stay in the arm. They, they lie to us, they fib to us. They go into the bloodstream and go to every, they cross every single barrier in the human body. And um, the lipid nanoparticles are distributed. They bypass the blood brain barrier, the blood, testis barrier, the blood ovarian barrier, the blood placenta barrier in the fetus, they transgress all of those same barriers, goes to the fetal brain, the fetal thymus gland, which is very important in a developing fetus. It provides immunity for the entire lifetime between the B cell and the T cell immune 
systems. And, and then it goes, uh, that spike protein, which is produced by that um, toxic um, synthetic mRNA is then, um, it's, it's not a protein that was ever meant to be in your body. It uh, destroys and causes severe inflammation in all of the linings uh, of the vascular system, the large arteries, the uh, medium-sized arteries, the, the uh, arterioles, the capillaries, the venules, the larger veins, all of them, every single cell lining the vascular system, including in the brain and every organ system, is uh, has a catastrophic um, inflammatory reaction, which is proven by post-mortem pathological specimen stains under the microscope. Um, that's that's what one mechanism, and that in of itself can result in death from a hundred different causes, if not more than that. Don't forget that same document that we spoke of. You know, it's a 38-page document, and the last four pages of that are single-spaced um, uh, complications of which there's almost, which they observed almost 2,000. It's a, it's a frightening article when you look at it. And then on page seven, and this is all Pfizer's data, just in 10 weeks. Listen, when I was in medical school in 1976, I was a second year medical student at Wayne State University School of Medicine. And the uh, swine flu vaccine was rolled out. Um, and there was an outbreak of swine flu and everybody got behind it. And there were 20 to 40 million vaccines administered. There were only 26 deaths, Allie, 26. It was immediately pulled off the market. At the turn of the century in 1999, 2000, the rotavirus vaccine was immediately pulled off the market. There were no deaths. There were a few cases of what we call in um, infants, uh, toddlers of intussusception with a bowel telescopes on itself. So um, this, as Bill Gates said in 2010, this is a vaccine decade and vaccines are, are going to be pushed on us. And that's exactly what was planned. So there's a whole myriad of different ways that it uh, that impairs uh, health and impairs fertility, uh, causes death and destruction in pregnancy. Um, and, and now that's known all over the world. And there's many experts now, those horrible numbers that, that I just mentioned with many, not just Dr. Denis Rancourt's data, but also now the New Zealand data. New Zealand was an incredible uh, pilot study, if you will, because there's only 5 million people. And there was one data analyst in charge of all of those outcomes It monitored. He was a pro-vaxxer. Uh, and you, you may have seen him all over the news now um, because he had such moral and ethical pain in watching all of his um, citizens being killed and injured. Um, he blew the whistle. He gave the database to Steve Kirsch. Um, and, and, you know, his name is Barry Young. And that man for doing the heroic act was put in jail. Mm. Um, same thing that's happening here. Same thing that's happened up in Canada. Um, so this is this is really an evil, corrupt um, globalist. This this was developed in the military. The DOD developed this going way back to 2010. They were in a relationship with Moderna as early as 2013. That's proven. That's not speculation. That's not a, a theory. That's not conspiracy. That's proven by documents, by publications, and by patents. Wow. That is 
there's so much there to pick apart, but would you kind of go back and explain to somebody who is not in the medical world, what is the difference even between the COVID vaccine? Like you were saying, we're in a vaccine era, right? And so they're, it, they're coming from all over the place. What is making the COVID vaccine so different? And then you also mentioned the spike protein and nanoparticles. Would you be able to break that down for us and really kind of explain what it is and why it matters? Okay, well, let's start out. This was, this was a novel vaccine. You know, we tried the, uh, the uh, mRNA vaccine in, in animals um, earlier in the past two decades. It was a dismal failure. It killed a lot of animals uh, and, and now they're killing us. But what's different about it? Let's start out with, we've never had uh, a vaccine where mRNA, and let me just explain that simply. Um, your body has 46 chromosomes, um, Allie, and you receive 23 from your mother and 23 from your father, right? So those chromosomes have um, millions um, of, of genes that are coded for, and they're coded for in the DNA by, you remember the double helix and their base pairs. So the basic element of a protein is an amino acid. And there's three base pairs in the DNA ladder, three rungs of the ladder that code for one amino acid. So there's thousands of those base pairs that will uh, that will then code for uh, hundreds to a thousand amino acids. That then, what happens is that when the cells get ready to produce a protein, they'll unravel, and then mRNA will come in and copy the DNA. It'll be transferred from the nucleus to the cytoplasm, and there's a machine in the cytoplasm. Um, in which, uh, in which the, the uh, RNA then is translated, depending on the ba three base sequences to each amino acid into the protein. So the protein is produced in the cell. So, so there's never been a vaccine that has used mRNA. Um, and they had to play around with the mRNA because the way nature, God made mRNA, it's a very, very unstable. It's only present for you know, hours, and it's uh, it's um, metabolized by uh, RNA aces. Um, DNA is much more stable. Um, you, many of your listeners know that we can actually harvest DNA. It floats around in the mom's circulation for a long time. It's not metabolized, but the RNA, God intended it to be metabolized very rapidly. So they had to change the component, the basic component, uh, of the, uh, they had to make synthetic RNA that would stay around longer. Um, so this was a novel experiment. The vaccine is the most, it is the most inflammatory substance ever injected or taken by a human being. And what we've known for 50 years is that any substance that causes inflammation causes death and destruction in pregnancy. And that's exactly what it did. So, um, so, so that's the basic. Now, in order to stabilize the mRNA, they had to make a, a, a man-made small little sphere or bag, if you will, 
that's made of a sphere, uh, like a little, if you think about a little teeny balloon or a little teeny BB, it, it's a fatty layer, which is not man-made. Uh, it, it's not God-made. It's not natural. It's man-made. And it's got a lot of toxic substances in it, including polyethylene glycol, um, cationic lipid, uh, uh, very dangerous substances. So um, then inside that sphere, then are several other substances, the most important of which is the mRNA. So it's stabilized in there. And these are very, very tiny spheres and, and just anywhere from 20 to 150 uh, nanometers in diameter, very 10 to the minus ninth uh, meters, very, very tiny. And that's why they breach every barrier. Um, so it carries that cargo, that toxic cargo to every cell in the body. Um, and then when it gets to the cell um, and, and then it, it, it um, unravels and then it starts the process of translation um, and in the, in the cytoplasm, um, in the ribosome, the, the machine that makes the protein and translates the mRNA into protein. And one of those proteins that it coded for was spike protein, among many others. The spike protein was never meant to be in your body. It's a very hostile bioweapon. Uh, that's what we believe is killing these large numbers of people and injuring them. Um, it, it gets even more scarier because there's now actually um, human cells in the laboratory that have been shown to reverse transcribe that synthetic man-made mRNA, the toxic mRNA, back into DNA and is incorporated permanently into your genes. Okay, so let me see if I'm understanding this right and breaking it down. So basically, what is created in a lab is something that is synthetic, that is our, our bodies, our cells have mRNA in them that has a purpose of creating new DNA. Is that correct? Um, actually, or new proteins. New proteins. That's right. right. And so these proteins are the building blocks of DNA. No, the 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 uh, the the proteins are the building blocks of your whole body, your whole right. The DNA is the code. It's God's code for all these proteins, but it's translated through mRNA from the DNA in the nucleus to the um, to to the endoplasmic reticulum or the machinery in the cytoplasm that will then translate the mRNA the messenger RNA to the protein through the ribosome. Okay. So one, one danger is that this mRNA is wrapped in toxins. So what they've been telling us is that in the arm, it stays there. It's no problem. The toxins are only in your arm. But what we have seen is that it's not true. It travels to everywhere in our body. And the, the coverage of this synthetic mRNA is of itself toxic. Now, on the flip side of it, what it is doing in the cell is making basically false DNA and false proteins that were never meant. It's a gene therapy. That's it's, exactly it's you've nailed it. Genes that we are not supposed to be having in our body. Is that my That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Now, now in the human body, um, 
we know that the human liver cells in the lab can actually have this special protein called reverse transcriptase, mm -hmm. where it can reverse transcribe the RNA into DNA, and then it's in incorporated into the genes permanently, at least presumably permanently if it's incorporated into the chromosomes, uh, and then passed on possibly from generation to generation. We haven't proven that that occurs because we haven't had the time to, to see many generations, but we, we also haven't had um, studies that uh, nobody's funding these studies. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to hide it. That's part of the corruption here. But one of the protein products is the deadly spike protein. Okay. So the spike protein is causing a lot of issues. Can you speak? Oh, okay. So the issues that the spike protein are creating is specifically in the cardiovascular system. Is that what you're talking? Is that what it, you? It's every, every organ of the body, everywhere. every single okay. endothelial cell, a cell that lines the vascular system is, uh, is attacked and can cause severe inflammation, destruction of tissue, um, and, and obstruction, blood clot, rupturing of blood vessels. Um, these misproteins can then cause um, severe autoimmune reactions um, because they're not real natural proteins. They're moderated, modified proteins that your immune system doesn't recognize. So your immune system starts making antibodies towards them. And voila, you have a recipe for utter chaos and disaster. And the scary part about this is that the spike protein is literally hijacks the energetics of the cell and continues producing massive amounts of this protein, uh, this, this toxin, this bioweapon, spike protein, and you can't turn it off. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that that's some pretty big information to digest the the fact that once you are injected your body's going to continually because that mrna is in there it's going to continually reproduce spike proteins forever and maybe now, not we, just in we, your we, we don't know that it's forever but okay. we know that it's a for a very long time um, mm. and and there's massive amounts of it so this kind of begs the question so there is countless deaths and injury and there's data to prove that this vaccine has done massive damage globally. What has happened to people like I know people who have gotten the vaccine and don't seem to have any issues. They've never had any cardiovascular issues. There's not a lot of deaths. So in, in my world, and I know in a lot of other people's world, they're looking that they're looking at their experience of not knowing anybody who has died or who has been injured by this and concluding this is safe because this is what I'm seeing. They're not reading the data that you are. So are we missing something? Is there more injuries that maybe aren't being seen? Or can you help us think through why some people are affected and other people seem not to be. You're, you're absolutely right in that. And that's a very important point. Very, very important point, Allie. When, when you have this vaccine, um, let, let me just give you an example. My, my wife, Maggie, um, she has three sisters. There's four girls in the family. She's the youngest. Maggie came about this close to taking the vaccine. She has three older sisters that took it. 
all three of them are vaccine injured, uh, damage, um, some of them severely. So it what what you're saying is that most people that take the vaccine don't seem to have a problem with it. I don't think I probably would have had a problem with it, but because you know I'm former military, I've taken all my vaccines. I wasn't. I've given all my kids my the vaccines when they were younger. Um, I push the vaccines in pregnancy until I wisened up 10 or 15 years ago, uh, thereabouts. So uh, the majority, uh, um, and I don't know, what I'll say is that um, from those numbers that I just told you, about 1% of the population, at least 1%, if not more than that, 5% may have uh, been killed or injured. And to the not to scare your listeners or you, but the people that didn't have any problems with it, um, or they think they didn't have any problems with it, there's a cognitive dissonance there where they're denying problems that do occur. And you see that all over the news because listen, $5.2 trillion of your taxpayer money was used to push this false narrative to every single thread of the tapestry of our society, $5.2 trillion, all the medical boards, all the medical journals are corrupted, all the hospitals are corrupted. Just give you an example. So they don't, all the mainstream media is corrupted. So all these people that are, are killed and injured, they're denying, they, they, they're denying, they're throwing them under the bus. So much so, listen, Tucker Carlson was interviewed by Jimmy Dorsey, and, and I have this I made a clip of it because I, I can really relate to Tucker Carlson. I was on his show earlier this year. And, you know, the guy is an amazing truther. Um, and, you know, there's very few people in the world like Tucker Carlson. And I'm fortunate to be one of them. Um, to people like Tucker Carlson or me, we don't care about the consequences. We want truth. And if we've uh, um, made mistakes, then we publicly admit it, apologize, and repent. Uh, and, and, you know, a great example was the Gulf One War. Um, you know, he went over there 20 years ago as a war correspondent, and he pushed the war. By the way, so did I. Well, you know, it turned out that we were dead wrong, and both of us have publicly admitted it. Um, you know, and he went on this with Jimmy Dorsey show, and he said, the, I would never go to one of these physicians. 99, he said, quote, 99% of the physicians are corrupt, unethical, and immoral, and they can't be trusted. I would never go to him. Amen. He's absolutely right. They don't appear to have the ability to apologize publicly and say, hey, I made a mistake. Listen, I take every opportunity, and I'll do it again right now. I made a mistake pushing vaccines. I made a mistake pushing the, the flu vaccine, and I made a mistake pushing the Tdap vaccine in pregnancy. And God forbid, I'm sure I injured some patients, and I may have lost some patients because of my recommending the vaccines. I made a mistake. I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. I I I'm I regret it badly. I apologize. I repent. But listen, I was hornswoggled. I was every I believed everything I learned in medical school. I believed what I read in the medical journals. I didn't know they were all corrupted, but they are, and they were even 20 years ago. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't fathom that the military would ever kill our own citizens. I couldn't fathom that the FDA, the CDC, 
the HHS were corrupted and were um, uh, permanently entangled with the corrupt uh, pharmaceutical money. I, I couldn't, I, it was, there was too, too much cognitive dissonance until I had to slowly understand and prove to myself that I was right. Uh, there's never been one randomized, double-blinded, placebo-controlled trial of any vaccine on the schedule. I, I guarantee you that because I've done my due diligence and I've studied. And then there's uh, certainly not the two that were pushing now for pushing pregnancy. So it's a it's a process of um, all, also on that Jimmy Dore uh, interview. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Dore said you know that he was vaccine injured and he went to his doctor. And um, he was really afraid that his doctor would get upset with him. Uh, it was a lady. And, you know, the lady, uh, she said to him, you know, Jimmy, goes, I have five patients that are just like you that are injured just as badly. And guess what? They won't tell anybody. They won't tell their friends. They won't tell their families mm -hmm. because it's, it's too painful. They don't have the ethical and moral integrity to say, to help other human beings do unto others as you would have others do unto you, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. If if you know that you were vaccine injured, there's no way that Tucker Carlson or Jim Thorpe or people like us could ever stay silent. No, we have to love and protect um, our fellow citizens, our friends, our patients, our global population, our brothers and sisters globally. But most people, I'm told by psychiatrists and psychologists who are friends of mine, that very few people are like Tucker Carlson or Jim Thorpe. Very, very few people, certainly less than 5%. Some people have suggested less than 1%. And that's why we have the cognitive dissonance because even injured patients will not connect the dots. And they, you know, pregnant moms that have lost miscarriages and had horrible, they can't admit it. No. Uh, can you? They can't sleep at night. They can't live with themselves. They might commit suicide if they realize that they injured or killed their child. There's some severe cognitive dissonance with that, and that's why you know I have to be. You know, we have to be very sensitive to that. But this is exactly why, because they bought the lie, they bought into it, and they don't have the ethical, moral, and intellectual integrity to stand up and protect the rest of the world and challenge the false narrative. Yeah. Well, it's not easy. It is not easy when you've been brainwashed your whole life to admit that this is truth and that you your paradigm has to shift a bit um, to expand and to believe something so horrific has happened. I, I mean, I'm a nurse. And so I have given countless vaccines to children and I was seeing them come in all the time and they were so, so sick. And I remember looking at an, an in, insert for the first time at work and my manager said, oh, you don't need to read that. And of course, you know, somebody in authority, I'm not supposed to do my research or she tells me not to. So that was my first instinct. I felt very wrong about putting that away. Like I wanted to read it more. Um, but once I started realizing that I probably had a part to play in these children's immune systems not operating at full capacity. That that is, you know, it is hard and I have repented for that and I and I have started to speak out about it because people like you. 
because people like Dr. Stu, because people like Ben Tapper, you know, who are very bold and Tucker Carlson, of course, but people who are bold enough to share the truth really are responsible for changing people's paradigms. So again, I, I so appreciate the honesty and the truth um, and the research to back it up because all of 2020, 2021, it was we trust the science. We believe the science, right? And yet the science that they were believing was not the right science. So how were people, I guess this is a question, how are we supposed to discern what is the right science to be believing? Where do we go to find this information? Well, I'll tell you one place you can go. Uh, you can... You, um, I think, Allie, you, you can go to Pfizer's data themselves, you know, and, and see that it's the deadliest drug and, and don't pay attention to the medical journals that are captured because they've they've contributed to killing and injuring what almost 600 million uh, global citizens. Uh, and so they don't really care about that. They've made a massive profit. Um, they've they've killed off a lot of the population and uh, injured uh, and and cause sterility in a large, this is what their goal was. And, and so, you know, they, they can't be trusted. Where can they get the truth? Well, there are some journals out there that, that are still have some semblance of, um, of truth. And, and certainly it's not the New England Journal of Medicine. It's not the Lancet. And it's not all the other ones. They scrambled around with that $5.2 trillion to uh, prop up a, a plethora, hundreds and hundreds of totally fraudulent publications that never should have been published. And the honest data that is trying to be published is if it does get accepted and published, it's being ripped off uh, and deleted. It's cancel culture. This is um, um, where you can get the science to is, you know, the people uh, in the, glo the global citizens uh, and, and especially Americans look at the vaccine uptake. They're not buying the hogwash anymore. They know that there's a problem, even though they don't have the integrity, the ethical and moral uh, integrity to stand up and speak out. Most of them are, are gutless wonders, unfortunately. They're gutless wonders. They're pathetic, gutless wonders. Uh, and, and by not speaking up, they're killing and injuring all, all their family members and neighbors and global citizens brothers and sisters globally, they're killing and injuring because they're not speaking up, but they're not taking the vaccine anymore. You know, the, the vaccine uptake is at an all time low. They're not buying the lies that the government is pushing. So that should tell you something. Yeah. Um, and, and you look at the people, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, witnesses who are willing to die, okay, for the truth. Um, of which I'm one of them. I'm willing to die to give up everything. What, why would I do that if I didn't know it was true? Why would Dr. McCullough do that if he didn't know it was true? Why would Dr. Corey, why, why are thousands and thousands of people um, that, that are coming forward and putting their life and their professions on the career like I did? I was fired. I was the number one producer at SSM Health out of St. Louis, Sisters of St. Mary's Health, almost a $10 billion healthcare system, one of the largest 
uh, in the country, if not the world. And I was their number one producer. Uh, you know, I was uh, highly uh, loved and respected. I was um, I, I was the most re researched, the most experienced. Um, and um, the CEO called me up earlier this summer. My wife, Maggie, an attorney and pastor witnessed it, called me a model physician for the system, praised my integrity, um, uh, intellectual, moral and, uh, and, and ethical integrity. And yet, but we have to... Um, we have to terminate you for no cause because we're having some financial difficulties. Well, guess what? They took $306.9 million as a bribe from the Department of Health and Human Services and the CDC. And they signed a covenant, a legally binding agreement in 2021 to push this death shot on all their employees, make them get it uh, and kill and injure their employees and their patients. And they were not allowed to listen to people like me. So when I became too um, harsh, when I became uh, was not supporting their false narrative and speaking out in the United States Senate, speaking out on the Tucker Carlson show and on hundreds, if not a thousand platforms like yours, testified in, in, in multiple different continents around the world under oath. You know, th this is what I've done. They can't handle that because it goes against their narrative. They didn't want to fire me, but they had to because the HHS and CDC called them up and said, you got to fire Thorpe or you pay back that almost $307 million. And they targeted women. Um, now, I can't prove that they signed the what I call the covenant with death or that contract with SSM Health. Um, we could do a FOIA, but Maggie, an attorney, my wife, we did do a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, and we got 1,400 pages between HHS, CDC, and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. They entered into the same death covenant, and to this very day, they control 61,000 OBGYN doctors, all the OBGYN doctors in the country. And that's why you know so few of them will come out, because if they come out like me, they'll be threatened with their professional careers being destroyed by taking away their license and taking away their board certifications. This is the way it works, Allie. This is what's going on. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is. And I think the way that you lay that out should be extremely eye-opening because this is not the first time that bribery has happened in our government, that bribery has happened in our healthcare system. This is happening and women should be very aware that some suggestions being made by their trusted and loved OB may not be coming from the best intentions. It may be coming from coercion and control. And so it is a very real thing that is happening. And I really appreciate you laying it out as clearly as you did. This, this shot was created in the name of safety for everybody, right? Because COVID was supposedly the worst thing to happen to mankind. It was a pandemic, right? And so it was killing. Allegedly. 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 Yes. And so can you speak to that? Should we have been as afraid of COVID as we were? And specifically, pregnant women have been told that COVID 
is very, very harmful specifically to us because we are um, more at risk for a lowered immune system during pregnancy. That's right. To that? A very, very important point. That is a very, very important uh, issue. It's a complete lie. It's completely opposite. It's like upside down. If you take, um, uh, there's a physician who um, is from University of Texas. Her name is Dr. Beth Pinnells, and she's a OBGYN maternal fetal medicine specialist like myself, uh, University of Texas Houston Medical Center, actually my former alma mater where I did my fellowship uh, in maternal fetal medicine. She published the gold standard study. She took uh, almost you know 30 or 40% of the entire US population and took all of the women that uh, were uh, diagnosed um, in that cohort uh, that were diagnosed with COVID-19. And guess what? The exact opposite is true. Pregnant women had one third of the death rate. Pregnant women had one third of the death rate as non-pregnant women, one third. So that was a huge lie. What they said was that, you know, oh, you have to get it. If you don't get it, then you're going to die or you'll kill your baby. It was the exact opposite. Um, You know what? Guess what? COVID-19 did not cause, I did not see an increase in miscarriage. I did not see an increase in maternal deaths. I did not see an increase in stillbirth. In fact, when I look at the stillbirth data, the worst year was 2020 for the pandemic, right? For COVID-19 infection. Well, what happened to the national fetal death rate? What happened to it in 2020? Did it go up? Did it go down or did it stay the same? Well, when I aggregate the three prior years, the death, the fetal death rate was 5.83 per thousand live and still births. Compared to 2020, it dropped to 5.74 still births per thousand. So it was a complete lie. It was completely upside down. Um, and, you know, most of those physicians, OBGYN docs, just just think about this now. They were threatened and, and they were threatened that if they didn't follow the narrative, their, their careers would be destroyed. So, you know, they did not have the, the ability to look at that and spend a lot of time like I've done countless thousands of hours doing the research. They're just, you know, lazy and they would just rather go with the flow and go with the lie and keep their job and keep the paychecks coming. They don't want to, you know, this was a unbelievable threat in September, near August, September of 2021, where every licensing board and every certifying board that is a lifeblood of a physician says, if you go against our narrative, they didn't even define that. If you spread misinformation, we're going to destroy your career. Every single one did. Yeah. 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 That is, um, it's sobering to think about though, that being a threat on providers. Would you, uh, there was a a stat that came out, I believe it was 2021, where there was a 600% increase in miscarriage and stillbirth. Is that an accurate number after the vaccine came out? Well, um, that's not the number I use. And, and part of the problem is that that physicians uh, and, and nurses and healthcare providers who are not OBGYN docs, 
um, there's some really important terminology that defines miscarriage and stillbirth. Miscarriage uh, uh, never occurs beyond at 20 weeks or beyond. A miscarriage always occurs before 20 weeks. By definition, a fetal death or stillbirth occurs at or after 20 weeks. So if, if you're looking at miscarriage rate, um, you know, we have definitively shown that it substantially increases a miscarriage rate and care providers all over the world have found it. I saw, I published that from the government's own data. We published that in one of the, one of the true remaining honest, truthful journals, the Journal of the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons. Uh, Dr. McCullough and I and uh, um, four other physicians, uh, five other physicians were on that paper. Um, conclusively demonstrates that it substantially increases miscarriage and and fetal death or stillbirth rates in addition to multiple other obstetrical complications. So so there is no doubt about that. Now yes, there's been several publications since then, but they're clearly fraudulent. They've been manipulated and they're not honest data. Okay, thank you for for publishing that and for clarifying that. You, there is a product called Spike Support. Um, could you speak to a little bit about what that is? And on the bottle, it does say it's not safe for pregnancy and lactating mothers. Could you just explain more about what this product is and some things that we should be thinking about whether or not we do take it? I'm very familiar with the product. Um, actually, when I was fired from SSM Health, within seven days, I had probably as many day as many offers um, for job offers, wow. and the best one was at the wellness company. And I'm honored to be the chief of maternal and prenatal health at the wellness company. And so um, we are a parallel healthcare system. So for those of you who are um, who are in the traditional healthcare system, run away from it because they're not telling you the truth. They're still pushing the vaccines in pregnancy. Uh, they're liars. They're corrupted because they've been bribed. You know, the like I said, SSM Health took $307 million. Um, Houston Methodist uh, Hospital in the Houston Medical Center took $350 million. They're terminally corrupt. Um, and they cannot deviate from the narrative, the lethal narrative. If they do, they'll have to pay all that money back by law. That's a legal binding contract. So, so we have, um, we will never make at the wellness company. We have a large number of care providers and we, we do telemedicine. Um, it's a virtual parallel healthcare system, but we also vet and um, market um, safe and effective nutraceuticals and vitamins and natural substances. And one of them is spike support. Um, there are six uh, natural remedies in spike support. I'll just mention two of them. One is natokinase, the other one is dandelion root extract. These are very, very safe. They're, um, again, we can't state, um, you know, by law, we can't state that they um, will prevent disease or proven safety because you can only do that with a randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled trial. And how ironic and how hypocritical, right? Because not one randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled trial has ever been done by any of the vaccines that are currently on the schedule, about a hundred of them. Isn't that, you know, if hypocrisy were water, we'd be back in Noah's flood, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, this is the ridiculous nature of the system. 
But there are some good studies about natokinase. And um, there's multiple studies. There's a study by Chen and colleagues from North Korea. I'm sorry, South Korea, Chen and colleagues that was published just in the last year. And they've shown incredible effects of the natokinase. Natokinase is a soybean um, extract, fermented soybean making natto, which has been used in Japan for a long time. So um, it, it has uh, significant effects. We believe that it degrades the spike protein. It stabilizes spike protein. It, it has some prevention of blood clots. Um, and, and we've seen, Dr. McCullough has seen results from it. I've seen results from it. And there are clinical studies. Uh, same thing with the dandelion root. And, and by the way, all those studies are on our website, twc.health. And I know I have a hard stop here in yeah. a couple of minutes, but um, I yes. got to get up. But it's, um, I, one thing I will say is um, some people have used it in pregnancy, but listen, I'm a safety guy. I, I Until I'm still in the process right now, even today, and um, we need more data in order. I'm not going to recommend using that in pregnancy until I can see with my own eyes and be comfortable saying that it's safe in pregnancy. And I can't do that right now because there's not enough data, but we will get that. I'm looking forward to collaborating with some of the Japanese uh, researchers that have a lot more experience with that in their population. Since it's been around, natto's a food over there. It's, it's a very, very effective, I believe. Um, that's my opinion and that's my observations. Um, but hey, the federal government now can create a vaccine that's uh, killed and injured 600, 600 million people globally, and then they can create the new vaccines and say, oh, it's going to be safe and effective and save lives from a strain that's going to come out three months from now. That, that's illegal. Yeah. You know, physicians' offices have been shut down by the Federal Trade Commission for making false statements that are, you know, one millionth as egregious as that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And dandelion root too has been used by a lot of midwives for lip, overall liver support, which that's is right. really helpful during pregnancy. Well, I thank you so much for your time, for coming on and for sharing all of this information with us. Where can my audience connect with you if they have any questions about um, further care and um, where where, the, where can they well, do that at? couple of places. I, you know, um, I have a, I have a, um, uh, a X, a Twitter, uh, account it's J A T H O R P M F M as in maternal fetal medicine. And Maggie has one Maggie underscore Thorpe. Um, Maggie is a brilliant researcher happens to be my wife. Uh, she's also a pastor and, and a brilliant attorney. And um, we've been banging out some incredible research that we publish on America Out Loud platform. And if you uh, Google or DuckDuckGo, uh, America Out Loud, three words, and then Maggie Thorpe, T-H-R-P, and Jim Thorpe, you'll come up to about a dozen publications just in the last year. These are really brilliant medical journal reports that are heavily cited that expose all the corruption beyond a shadow of a doubt. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. God bless you. And uh, let's stay connected. I hope you loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. 
If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth? Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and peace be with you.